Hey friends, welcome back to I Love My Shelf. This is episode seven. To check out the others, visit my website at www.shanahannibal.com. It's also available on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. For the behind the scenes footage, jump over to my YouTube channel. I'm so happy that you continue to come back and support me. Make sure to spread the word to your friends and family and get out and enjoy this beautiful sun, guys. If you're not connected with me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook, you're missing out. Follow me at DivaAP85. We have a good time laughing on all of my platforms. I would love to give a special shout out to my Twitter friends, Her Spots, John Collier, Rick B, and Johnny Martinez Carroll. Thank you guys for coming on my page frequently. Join our chats on Twitter. The latest question was, what's in your trunk? And can you actually believe somebody said junk, junk in the trunk? (laughs) I have a new short story out available on Amazon. It's free with Kindle Unlimited. It's called Spicy Honey. It's a love story between a Philadelphia girl and an Amish guy. Make sure to check it out. Also, remember what he took is available on Amazon, Walmart, and Barnes and Nobles as well. Make sure to support indie authors. And guys, if you are an author and you want your work featured on my podcast, please reach out to me on www.shanahannibal.com. Fill out the form and you'll be up next. If you missed last week's episode, make sure you go check it out. Tonight... We are reading something a little bit different. We have some works by author Nikki Grace. And it's very sensual. I don't know if you've seen all of her books, but it's very sensual. So you have to check it out. So tonight's work is called Inevitable Encounters. And if you look at the cover of the book, woo child. All right, so this is chapter one. You ready? Winter. Winter gawked at how big his dick was because it was huge. Instinctively, she wondered if he knew how to use it, but quickly decided no. Nothing against the guy, but in her sexual experience, big dicks did not equal big orgasms. If she was completely honest, Regardless of the size of a man's package or the position they delivered it in, it never got her anywhere. Therefore, the dick before her may as well have been nothing more than a prop like those used at her job, movie box studios, appearing useful on set, but useless in reality. However, capabilities aside, she had to admit it was impressive bouncing around and swinging back and forth like it was parting the way for a famous celebrity to come through. Who knows, maybe the guy it was attached to was famous or at least pretended to be as a day job because he had that look, tall and muscular with a chocolate complexion and a flirtatious smile. His aura screams star or groupies apply here. Still, she doubted he was famous, although his dick could be 
The guy it was attached to was a male dancer hired by her friend Jessica as a celebratory token for Chloe's bachelorette party. She giggled as the dancing dick brought to mind a handheld compass with the arrow pointing and shifting uncontrollably in all different directions. There was a second dick present. It belonged to the other male dancer of the night. Although it wasn't as big, it too was impressive. But instead of being fun and extra bouncy like the compass dick, this one was more well-behaved and of the no-nonsense variety. It pointed straight out and barely bounced. It was as if it refused to have a good time and had been brought to the party against its will. Every move the dancer made that attempted to send it in any position besides forward-facing was met with challenge. Talk about stubborn. It wasn't clear before. It was clear now. She was most definitely tipsy, possibly even drunk. With that being said, at least she was in good company because inebriated was the current status for most of the women in the room. About 20 feet ahead was Chloe, the bride-to-be, and one of Winter's best friends. Chloe had her wow meter on full blast. She was dancing and waving dollars in the air yelling, sexy chocolate, sexy chocolate, at the top of her lungs with two other girls. Having their wish granted, one of the chocolate eye candies took a break from the group of girls he was entertaining and started heading her way. He was most certainly making sure to keep all eyes on him as he strutted, twisted, and danced his firm tail all the way over to Chloe and her backup screamers. As Winter sat there lounging, drink in hand, and enjoying a much-needed break from all the excitement, she was thankful they were in the penthouse suite of a five-star hotel. The noise level coming from this room alone would have earned them non-stop complaints. Around 15 of Chloe's closest female family and friends were scattered around the beautiful lavish suite that housed a living room, dining room, kitchen, and three bedrooms. The party was being held in the living room area. It was a grand layout that offered more than enough space to accommodate their needs. Impeccable decor and goals silvers and whites offer an expensive bold look to the room floor to ceiling windows and an oversized balcony provided incredible views of the city thankfully the windows included curtains because no matter how high up they were this party needed no chance of falling into the category of public viewing modern but classic couches that were staple in the suite's daily decor hugged the room's walls they had been pushed aside to make room for three round tables that could seat up to six women each. In addition to the round tables, there were three gold mini tables placed in close proximity. One displayed the cake, the second held bridal presents, and the third was home to various gag gifts such as tiny bottles of alcohol and keychain dildos. Once the space requirements were met, the hotel spared no expense in providing proper service for the event. The staff was responsible for serving, cooking, and cleaning before, after, and during the party. Winter could tell the staff was operating at the top of their game tonight. They made sure everything remained immaculate. If an empty glass, loose napkin, or random trash was dropped or left behind, it was almost instantly properly discarded. In addition, and without request, the staff kept drink refills continuous. Although a short list of finger foods, the menu was fresh, delicious, and of highest quality. The music was blasting. I'm in love with the stripper. 
by T-Pain and the good vibes were present. Things had already been in full swing for over two hours and it seemed that the party could continue on for just as long. Taking the final sip of her third apple martini of the night, Winter realized how good she felt. Her whole body was warm and completely relaxed. As she savored the sweet yet slightly sour taste on her tongue, she couldn't remember the last time before tonight that she'd had a drink. She would need to remember to make this a regular thing. A yummy alcoholic drink would be a welcome delight as a way to unwind after a long work week. Continuing to scan the room and observe the male dancers earn their tips, she spotted Jessica. She was restacking gifts that had fallen over or shifted out of place. Jessica was an event planner and the one responsible for this fabulously X-rated event. Based on her all-over-the-place movements, she was still very much on event planner duty. One would think that she would take a moment to enjoy the party, but Jessica was a host through and through. She was all about details and keeping things in order. Some would call her uptight, but that wasn't entirely true. She was actually fun, kind, and simply loved her job, probably more so than Winter loved hers, and that was saying something. Jessica was known to enjoy planning more more than the event itself, And even though this event was the bridal shower of one of her dearest friends, it was no exception. Looking up to see Winter watching her, Jessica gave a quick thumbs up and moved on to another task. A few feet behind Jessica was the bar area. Winter noticed one of the servers holding a tray and leaning against the bar staring at her. Another staff member behind the counter was making more drinks. So it was a safe assumption that the guy undressing her with his eyes was waiting for them to be ready so that he could bring them over. Their eyes locked and he winked at her. In return, she offered a kind smile. He probably thought her smile meant more than it did, but he would be mistaken. She had dated some very handsome men, and although the story started out different, they always ended the same. Not tonight, buddy, she thought. Tonight was reserved for fun and friends. Her only interest was making sure that Chloe had the best night of her life. She wasn't looking for any men to flirt with or even date at the moment. Last she checked, her love life had flatlined and she had no plans to try and resuscitate it. Instead, she was taking a break, a sort of hiatus from relationships, and that break included sex. She wasn't bitter about it or even saddened. It was simple, really. As of about a year ago, she had the realization that her focus was way too locked in on trying to find the right guy, not wanting to be the type of woman that was always looking for a man. She decided to try something new. That new thing was to try nothing at all, just enjoy life and all the great things it had to offer. She was tired anyway. One way or another, true love would find her. It was all about timing. If it didn't, well... That was a worry for another day. The reference to timing as it pertained to love made her think of her mom, who passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. It was a horrible loss for Winter as she experienced it too too soon behind the loss of her dad to a stroke the year before that. She missed them deeply and often thought of them. Their love was of proportions greater than she'd ever seen. The way they took care of each other and enjoyed one another's company was something more commonly seen between best friends instead of husband and wife. By watching them, she learned how powerful and fulfilling true love can be. 
It was something so magnetic, words couldn't describe it. If she could find love that came anywhere close to what her parents had, she'd consider herself to be the luckiest girl in the world. To accept anything less would not only be a disservice to herself, but disrespectful to her parents' memory. And after all they had taught her, Winter was really close to her mom. She spent a lot of time together going antique shopping, watching movies, and having great conversations. Their favorite movies were Breakfast Club and Girls Trip. Whenever Winter would get sad or feel down, she would visit her mom, and they'd pop in a movie and eat loads of junk food until Winter felt better. Her mom always seemed to know what to do and what to say to get Winter through the tough times. When she asked her mom why she chose Winter as her name, her mom said it was her favorite season. However, Winter knew that her mom was biased to the season because it was during a cold, snowy day in February that her mom's car broke down and Winter's dad, a stranger to her mom at the time, pulled over to help her. They'd been inseparable ever since. When she would vent about struggles in the love department, her mom would make her feel better by reminding her that, like her name, everything had its season and her season for love would come. Well, it hadn't come, not for love anyway. It seemed every every relationship she entered ended in disaster. When she was younger, she thought that by now, being 31, all areas in her life would be in order. It's not that she was one of those people that presumed entering into her 30s would magically make everything okay. It was merely that from early on, she had planned and made choices that she assumed would have gotten her everything on her checklist of life. She'd always been a great deal more serious than most of her friends once they graduated from high school. Instead of partying and procrastinating, she picked up second and third jobs so that she could pay off college debts and buy her first house as soon as possible. She wanted a job in the film industry and landed her dream position about seven years ago when she started working as a prop master for Moviebox Studios. To date, she had paid off the college debts, landed the dream job, and gotten the house. But the guy, he seemed to be missing in action. Assuming he was having trouble finding her, or maybe she wasn't open-minded enough, she decided to cast a wide net with her dating choices. God forbid he fall through the cracks because he was unemployed, underemployed, wasn't tall enough, romantic enough, or seemed a bit weird in the beginning. She even had a couple of long-distance relationships because love knew no bounds, and if she never tried, she would never know. Basically, she let the fear of losing her dream guy before getting to know him drive her, and she had paid for it dearly. Her dating choices over the years were poor and sometimes downright comical. Her attempts to roll with the punches and move on to the next guy who might give her the love story she so desperately wanted was a big mistake. Instead, she kept reliving the same dating horror stories that left her in the role of the hopeful leading lady and rotated the position of leading butthole to different men. To be fair, it wasn't always the guy's fault. He was just as guilty for choosing such poor mates to begin with. Once, she dated a guy named Carl, who she thought was going places. Sadly, the only place he was going was from his mom's couch to hers. As an excuse for his couch living lifestyle, he told her he was only living with his mom as a temporary arrangement until builders finished the construction on his five-bedroom house. The problem was, he happened to leave out that the small details 
due to his poor credit score, he didn't qualify for a loan, and that there was no actual house being built, just a hypothetical one. When confronted about this, he called it being a visionary and said that his only fault was wanting a woman he could build with. In the end, she didn't know if it was his compulsive lying or simple delusionalness because she decided to let him sort it out alone. Then there was Greg, a magician. True, it was an odd job and the idea of it didn't exactly make Winter giddy, but he was sweet, charming, and very funny. They met at a local comedy club and connected over their love for old school comedians. They dated for close to two years and she fell in love with him. Things were going so well that she felt certain there were wedding bells in the future. Wanting to be a supportive girlfriend, she didn't bat an eye when he suddenly stopped being interested in having sex with her. His job was hectic, he said, with so many tricks to learn and places to perform, it was really messing with his drive. She idiotically accepted his explanation in hopes that improvement was right around the corner. Besides, him no longer wanting sex didn't stop his charming words and romantic gestures, so in her mind, he was worth fighting for. She eventually found that he was using all that romance and charm to slide out of her bed and into everyone else's. He was a serial cheater who was as equally talented at pulling rabbits out of hats as he was with pulling excuses out of his butt. Next was Alex. Maybe, just maybe, things could have worked with Alex. He was a good guy and did well for himself. There was only one problem. His dick was too small. Minuscule, really. He had some kind of condition that affected the size of it. She felt really bad for him and tried to tough it out. In an attempt to keep her happy, he was more than eager to engage in oral stimulation. But he was terrible at it. Like Guinness World Record bad. Coming to the conclusion that never have having an, ex, an experience in orgasm didn't mean she had to keep being a victim of his tongue of torture. She cut her losses. After it was all said and done, she and more so her vagina moved on and couldn't be any happier. Eventually, and rightfully frustrated that yet another love dream had turned into a nightmare, it was time to call it quits, at least for a while. It seemed no matter what sacrifice she made or how promising the guy was, it never worked out. Her heart and mind needed a rest. When or if the right guy came along, she would deal with it. Her biggest fear was that she would mess it up. Being lied to and let down repeatedly has its own way of making her doubt most guys things. Sorry. Doubt what most guys say. Her track record proved she gave men away too much benefit and not nearly enough doubt therefore she wasn't sure she could trust her own dating judgment but love was tricky she had to balance protecting her heart while not becoming a woman that let her past hurt dictate their future but that was hard somehow fixing her broken heart time after time made her weary and she always was waiting for the other shoe to drop because eventually it would drop and kick her in the butt The server depositing another apple martini in front of her broke her thought process. She looked up at him. It was the guy that had been staring at her. Now that he was up close, she could see his teeth were in dire need of dental attention. Having a nice night, he asked. She smiled and said, yes, it's lovely. I've been looking forward to this so I could get a break from my five kids. The single mom's life is a hard one, she lied. She saw his expression change like someone had thrown cold water in his face. 
Trying to cover his reaction, he said, I'll bet. Well, enjoy your night. Then he picked up her empty glass and almost ran away. She giggled to herself. He couldn't get out of there fast enough. She raised the glass to basically his tail of, of dust and then took a giant sip. The night remained something for the memory books for another few hours. Little by little, the party downsized until no one was left but Chloe, Winter, Jessica, and Chloe's twins, Talia and Tina. The girls were in Chloe's bridal shower and also staying overnight, putting the three luxury rooms to use. The bride-to-be had one room, the twins shared a room, and Winter and Jessica had the third room. Deciding it was time to turn in, Winter headed towards her bedroom for the night. Jessica was already in their room asleep because the wedding planner meant that she had busy work tomorrow. Talia and Tina had gone to their rooms about an hour before with the intent to return but never did. It seemed that Talia went to pee, but because she had quite a few drinks, Tina found her sleeping on the toilet. That just left Chloe and Winter. Last winter saw Chloe was about an hour ago. Chloe was sitting in a chair on the balcony at the time, having an in-depth and more than likely raunchy phone conversation with her fiance, Derek. As she walked across the living room, she ran into Chloe, literally almost ran into her because Chloe was running towards Winter with her arms open and collided with her. Embracing Winter on impact, Chloe was obviously still drunk and riding on her happy emotions. Winter had sobered up a little while ago because she had let her fourth drink of the night be her last. I thought you were on the phone outside on the balcony, Winter asked, holding on to Chloe. More so to keep her steady than anything else. No, silly, Chloe replied, swaying a bit. I went to my room a little while ago, had to have a private chat with the soon-to-be mister, if you know what I mean. Chloe attempted a week that manifested in her basically closing both eyes for about five seconds. Enough said, Winter responded. <clears throat> I love you guys so much, Chloe slurred. This was the best night ever. Thank you for everything, Went. She, well, then she leaned in close and said, Don't tell everyone else, but you know you are my favorite season. Winter smiled. Chloe had been saying that quirk line to her ever since they met in fourth grade. It was her cutesy way of telling Winter that she was her favorite person. Your secret's safe with me, she said. You know we'd do anything for our best friend in the world, the magnificent Chloe Fosters. Oh wait, I meant Chloe James. Chloe giggled. It does have a nice ring to it, doesn't it? It does. Chloe let go and extended her arm upward and to the left. Guess I'll head back to my room now. Tomorrow, a wedding awaits. Grabbing her friend by the shoulder and positioning her to the right, Winter said, No, Chloe, your room is that way. And yes, a wedding awaits tomorrow, not a weeding. Chloe hiccuped and said, oops, my bad, and walked very unbalanced toward her room. Thank you guys for listening to our story for tonight. Um, I hope you guys come back next week. If you have any comments you want to leave, make sure you email me at srhanup at gmail.com. I look forward to working with you guys next week. Ta-ta!